Suguru. Episode 8, Deja Vu. Everything is different. I have no recollection of myself, or Audie for that matter. Something is here with me. Something at home in the nothingness has found me. Two orange eyes open just feet in front of me. I fight the urge to run, but yet I'm drawn to the beast. The fiery eyes raise as if the beast is standing on hind legs, but I still cannot see the solid form in the darkness. The eyes point towards the skies as if the beast is summoning energy from the universe itself. The blue moon rises behind the beast, and I can almost make out an outline. What are you? Everything falls under a shroud of darkness once again. The Zuguru will rise, signaling the end. <laughs> it's rising, I'm too late. Oh, no. <laughs> What the? Where am I? I open my eyes in my own bed. 4.30 in the afternoon. I stumble to the kitchen to find Greg, sitting at the kitchen table, filling out his papers for work. What the fuck, Greg? I thought you were dead. I run and grab him up in a backwards bear hug. Um, <laughs> good morning to you, too. I walk to the coffee pot. He looks me over. Wild night? Sleeping in till four in the afternoon is a new low for you. I mean, I suppose... No, I didn't have a wild night. Have we had this conversation before? I pivot to the rear, eyes on the table. I don't know, have we? If so, I guess I need to get some new material. What's this? (laughs) Another box? Beats me. Found it on the porch when I came home for lunch. I pick up the box. Sure enough, as before, there's no shipping address, no return address, just my initials. What the hell, Greg? Greg rolls his eyes. I don't keep track of your mail. I already told you. I literally just found it on the porch like that. Are you okay? I nod slowly. I think I'm okay. I mean, I'm walking and talking. Oops. That slipped out almost exactly like I said it before. This is one hell of a case of deja vu. It's a low bar, but a good start. Greg looks at the time. Damn! I have to be back at the club by five. I have inventory to finish. He gathers his papers and hurries toward the door. See you later, Abby. If you need anything, call my office. I know. Your cell is in the shop with a broken screen. Oh, that's how you already? Happened at work last night. I think I told you. His confusion tells me he doesn't remember this conversation at all. Maybe I'm psychic. Right. <laughs> See you later, Ebs. I stare at the all-too-familiar box for just a moment. This happened before. I didn't dream this. <sighs> There's a cube in this box, and some weirdo wants it. I grab a knife from the butcher's block and cut the tape. Sure enough, as before, there's the cube. What the hell is going on? Hey! A man's urgent voice shatters my thoughts. Don't touch that cube, whatever you do. I turn around. Hello, Benny. Well, you remember me? I do. 
We've done this before. Oh, good. Then you remember that I need this. He hurries to the box and takes the cue. Thanks. You won't regret this, madam. He nods and rushes toward the front door. Something's not right. I run after him into the yard. There's no sign of him anywhere. Just the usual routine of neighborhood life in the evening. Kids playing, people landscaping their yards and washing their cars. Nothing out of the norm. In the kitchen, I try to recap the odd invasion. Who is this Benny? And why does he need the cube so badly? You shouldn't have given him your cube. A voice rolls from a darkened hallway. Excuse me? I turn to the voice. Numbness overcomes my body. My legs turn to jelly, and I collapse. Absorbed whole, I retreat into my subconscious mind. Who is Ashna? The name incites a rush of memories, strange memories separate from my own, yet I've lived them. My own presence washes away into infinity. I've become someone new in an old shell. Reality moves quickly. I'm almost in fast-forward, a life passing hastily before my eyes. <sighs> I awaken and sprawl out in a huge, comfortable bed. Someone's here with me. I jump up and look. There's a man lying on his side with his back to me. I crawl back into bed to peer over the man's shoulder to see his face in the green glow of the alarm clock. Benny? Strange yet familiar memories come to me. Currently, I'm married with three kids. Caleb is my oldest. He's 14. Katie, she's 12. And then there's one more. A little girl's voice whispers to me as my mind grinds. I roll to my side and feel around in the darkness. A small face falls into my hands. Oh, what's wrong, baby girl? Stella tilts her head to align with my face. There's a man outside my window. A man? What? I pull her up into the bed. Where's Katie? Sleeping. She snuggles up with me. This sounds like a job for Super Dad. Benny. I poke Ben. Ben. I shake Benny. him more violently as I yell. Ben! Roar! <laughs> he pops up, startling us. Uh, really? Uh, Are you trying to kill me? Here there's a monster among us. He sweeps Stella up in his arms and takes her away to her room. Don't worry, baby girl, we'll take care of this. I fall asleep to the muffled reassurance of Ben's comforting voice. Unsure of what's going on, I can only assume one of these realities is a dream. What's real and what other idiosyncrasies hibernate deep within me? I awaken before the family and prepare breakfast. Ben disappeared to his office for some Saturday follow-up. This routine is somewhat familiar to me. I fall right into it as if I never left. I cannot trust my situation, though. So when the evening comes and Ben still hasn't returned from the office, I tuck in the girls, and Caleb is preoccupied by his virtual world. I seize the opportunity to search for answers. I find myself in our bedroom closet, where a shoebox is buried below Ben's unused winter gear. Inside the box is an old scratched-up, broken smartwatch. Why does Ben have this old thing hidden in here? When I lift the watch from the box, the screen flashes in an attempt to power up, and instantly goes black again. What a hunk of junk! I hear Ben pull into the driveway and toss the watch back into the box, back into its hiding spot. I rush to the living room and settle onto the couch to pretend I was watching TV all evening. The 11 o'clock news begins as Ben walks in the front door. I reform my distrustful attitude. Welcome home, honey. I smile, fake enough to rival a Stepford wife. How was your day? Yeah, it was good, yeah. He heads straight to our bedroom. 
Moments later, he emerges holding a suspicious box from our closet. He slowly opens the box to be extra secretive. Kent opens it right in front of my face. This is ridiculous. What do you have there, Ben? I ask, already knowing the answer. Ben disregards my question and digs through the box. Benny! Benny Boo Boo! Hello, Benny! I shout like a wrestling announcer. Benjamin Rockin, what do you have in the box? It's none of your concern, Abby. Now go, go continue watching your news. He paces nervously. The only thing I'm watching is my husband losing his mind. I stop his petulant marching. Damn it, mind your business! He walks around me, out of the room. Who is here at 11 in the evening? I answer the door. There's a homely, emotionally disheveled man there. Ugh, can I help you? He looks like trouble. His unshaven, smelly body is covered in strange tattoos. His clothes are filthy and tattered. Hey, Abby, has been here? Where did this man come from? He looks like he just crawled out from under a rock. Max! He seems irritated. What are you doing here, Max? Hey, Ben, my man. How's it hanging? Are you nuts? I got... As they BS, I clear my throat loudly to be noticed. <clears throat> I hate to break up this touching reunion, but Benny, can I see you in the kitchen, please? Sure, hon. He responds to me without looking in my direction. He addresses Max. Uh, have a seat on the couch. Feel free to change the channel. I don't want this disgusting man anywhere near my home. Ben, what the hell is going on here? Don't worry about it. I just have to talk to him a minute. I'm in a state of shock. What do you want me to do? Slam the door in his face? Tell him the fucker off? He rolls his eyes. <laughs> yes. I know my response is naked and cold, but I don't care. Uh, it's not like he's moving in here. He'll be gone in a minute. Excuse me. He holds his arm out, escorting me from my own kitchen. Wow, Benjamin. You're an ass. I leave the kitchen. Ben waves Max into the kitchen. I stand in the hallway outside of Stella's room, but within view of the kitchen. I'm not above spying on these two no-goods. Max strolls in casually and heads straight for the fridge to grab a beer. Why are you here, Max? <sighs> Max ignores Ben's question. As I recall, she was always moody. <laughs> he refers to me as he laughs. Ben joins Max with a beer. You were supposed to wait for me to get hold of you. Taimino didn't work good enough, Ben. Max chugs his beer. Uh, I want to know when I get mine. You have yours. You're all happy and all that. You give me the shitty machine, I don't fix up it. I had orders. I disobeyed those orders so that you could have a happy fucking family. His comment hints to a deeper mystery. Ben smiles. I'm taking control. Well, we would have already had control if you wouldn't have lost the key. You said I'd get mine. Now when do I get mine? Max asks impatiently. I could still follow through with those orders, and I wouldn't have to hide from them anymore. He sits at the kitchen table and reads through our mail pile. They have the means to help me. All they want is her. I hate this bastard. Just leave already. Ben grabs the mail and puts it back in the basket on the wall. I told you, I'm working on it. <laughs> working on it. <laughs> yes, and if you leave peacefully, I'll ignore that little stood outside my daughter's window last ben night. Ben slams his fists on the table. Leave now! Daughter. Right. Max rolls his head back. Whatever. Well... Didn't you all just become a big, happy, fucking instant family? <clears throat> he punctuates his sentence with a belch. Ben points Max to the front door. Well, this isn't prison, so relax. Don't try and screw me. You'll regret it. Max stands up to leave. Bye, Benny. I told you, Max. Don't call me Benny. Ben pushes him. Go! Look, I'll call you what I want. <laughs> you owe me. Don't forget about that deal, Benny Boo Boo. Don't worry, Max. You'll get yours. Ben clenches his fist. Max crushes his beer can. Uh, you bet your ass I will. I'll be fine. Have a good life with your perfectly plotted family. But remember, Ben, we had a deal. He leaves the kitchen. 
Ben whips his can of beer into the sink, spraying it everywhere. I come into the kitchen. What was that about? Never mind him. He, th he thinks I owe money for- Before Ben can continue, a man stomps in the door, which Max carelessly left open upon his escape. Can I help you, sir? I got the distress signal. He looks around the room, focusing on me. The one you sent? What do you want, Travis? Ben asks, annoyed. The man looks at his watch. He has one. How? He points to the shoebox Ben left in the living room. Did you give Max an E, Manny? You mean that broken thing? No, I haven't. Ben also points to the box. No, Ben. Max got a hold of it. I just got a signal from the device with a picture of Max. He tried to use it. Ben walks over to the shoebox and opens it. That son of a bitch! He throws the box across the room. He robbed me! He walks over and crushes the shoebox. That backstabbing bastard! He can't even use it! He thinks a moment. Ugh, he has to use the Taimito instead. <laughs> he doesn't realize I know where he's going. Let's go after him. He pulls a scrap of paper from the crushed shoebox. An invitation. Max wants to make friends. Travis reads the paper and looks uneasy. Uh, uh, uh yes, sir. On his wrist, he has a watch. A brand new version of the watch from Ben's shoebox. Travis aims the camera in our direction, and we disappear from sight. With this new section of loop coming into play, I have to wonder where this all leads. Though somewhere along the way, I know I have a real life. It just eludes me at the moment. This loop is different. It feels that way. I feel disoriented and disjointed. Almost as if I've been forced into this new reality. What is the connection, and why is someone using Max to get to me? I mean, I know Max, but Ben? Who is he? This family, it's not real. I mean, currently. My children seem programmed, almost automatic. I know they won't miss me. They don't even know I exist, because they don't truly exist. Not on this plane. They're nothing but a memory. Something has changed in the atmosphere. A shift rattling through eternity. Rushing reality through a sieve. Next time on Tales of the Zugaroo. The mystery thickens when we arrive at our destination in the past. Dangerous, so stay close. What the hell have you gotten us into the this visual time? The visual awakens a terror within me. Wow, these Nazis really know how to party, eh, Maxie? Just to celebrate world domination. We had a deal, Max. <laughs> you fucking crook. They are watching you. Oh, shit. Don't do this here. Max, you can't just fuck around in the past. I know how to read, Flyboy. How does Max know about my dreams? My alternate reality. There's so much you don't know. Now I really need a drink.